Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to today's edition of Calvary Live. We're so glad that you've chosen to join us today. This is the show where you get to call in, talk about things that are on your heart and mind, 303-690-3000. 303-690-3000 is the number and you can text me as well, 720-336-0897. I am back. This is a live broadcast, unless uh, you hear the word encore before, uh, which on occasion we have to do an encore. I was away last week, and for a glorious occasion, uh, a glorious, glorious occasion, my final kid, my daughter, graduated Bible college and what a privilege and glory and joy to see all three of my kids graduate through Bible college and, and just the grace of God. I mean, that, that's really what it amounts to, just the grace of God. I was sharing with our church this weekend that God absolutely can interrupt a life and change the whole course of that life's direction. I am living proof of the intervening work of God on how I was going in one direction and God intervened and took me in a whole new direction. And then my oldest son, Eddie, uh, who unfortunately this month, it's been eight years since he passed away. Un- eight years, I just can't believe it. It's a whole uh, different thought altogether. But he graduated Bible college. What a great example to his siblings. Just a a true um, man of character and integrity in every way. And then his brother, Josh, he ends up going to Bible college. Once again, just an amazing man of integrity, a great example uh, to their sister uh, and to his older brother, just a great relationship with our kids. And then, of course, my daughter, um, again, such a tremendous um, walking in the footsteps of her brothers, but in her own right, a woman of integrity and character, um, graduating. So I was away. I was in California. And they are opening up in California, which means traffic was out of control. And, and uh, it, was, it was very, very close to being uh, almost what it used to be. Um, but got to see family, got to see a lot of friends, uh, got to witness the graduation at the Calvary Chapel Bible College in Murrieta, California. Just so grateful uh, for the heritage of our church family, Calvary Chapel. Um, just and, and the vision of Pastor Chuck Smith to start a school. Uh, it started on the property in Costa Mesa. Then it went up to a facility in Twin Peaks up by Lake Arrowhead, California. Then they moved it out to Murrieta. And now through new leadership, it's going to be moved back to, to Twin Peaks uh, with things you know, changing up a little bit. And, and, but I'm just so grateful for those schools, excuse me, for those churches that have schools of ministry, schools of discipleship, maybe a Bible college training up 
a new generation um, that will be used in great ways. And so it's good to be back, uh, but it was more enjoyable to be at my daughter's graduation. And uh, um, I'm grateful for that. I got a a really interesting email this week that I want to share with you. I'm not going to share who wrote it uh, because I don't have his... uh, his um, his permission, but I, I will share it in generality so you can understand uh, where I'm coming from. Uh, and this is uh, while we're waiting for calls to come in. So give me a call, 303-690-3000, 303-690-3000. So Pastor Ed, uh, hello, Pastor Ed. I spoke with a pastor a couple Sundays ago. He mentioned that email is the best way to get a hold of you, and that, so this brother emailed me. While back in one of your sermons, you said something that caused me to start thinking, which is a good thing. Uh, you were talking about how God always thinks of us, even when we don't always think of Him. Then you used the example of your daughter and how she won't text back right away sometimes. <laughs> but the example you used after that was in relation to your wife. You said you think of her all day, every day. My immediate reaction to that was that you're a hypocrite, as I know I don't think of my wife all day, every day. But then I remember being newly married, and we'll celebrate our anniversary here coming up, and, and I've thought of her a lot more, and now we have kids, etc. Uh, my question boils down to this. How do you do that? And what, how do you pursue that sort of relationship? That's well, a great question. But I, I originally was like, whoa, hypocrite. But I can understand how a person could come to that conclusion. Um, because I think I was, uh, you know, I remember that time as kind of making a joke, you know, with, um, and, and, and at the same time, you know, making it for emphasis that, um, sometimes, you know, you, you used to an immediate response and you don't get one right away. And, and then, you know, how I, I do think of my wife quite a bit, obviously not every day, all day, um, that's impossible, but, but I do, my wife is a very special gift of God to me, my kids, very special gifts of God. But I appreciate this brother's um, uh, frankness with me. I, I appreciate that honesty. So I answered him and I said, hey, thanks for your note. Wow, hypocrite. That was a quick jump. Haha. <laughs> but you're right. Every single thought of my day is not about my wife or kids, but they do consume quite a bit of my thinking. That's for sure. I bet I was simply making a point, but literal, not necessarily saying every literal second of every day. But we have a regular marriage, um, ups and downs, many ups, a few downs, and Marie and I have been a lot through a lot together, both as unbelievers and believers. And, and here's how I answered his question, ready? And this is from the email I sent back. Early on as a believer, I decided to make my wife and family my hobby. And I don't know if I got it from a Bible study, I don't know if I got it from a men's conference, I don't know exactly who gets the credit for that. I, I certainly don't think I thought of it myself. Um, I was too immature and selfish, and that's how I was as an unbeliever. And, you know, that didn't go away right away when I got saved. Um, so I don't know where I got that from. Maybe reading a conference, who knows. But I do know, do know I made a decision. Um, and I don't really have any hobbies, uh, with the exception of reading, maybe. Uh, you could call that a hobby. I love to read. But I don't fish. I don't fix my car. I don't have a big truck with rims. I, I, I don't have some of the common hobbies uh, that men have. And I've just really chosen to invest my life into my family. So if I travel, I take my family. If, if, if I catch a ball game, uh, I go with my family. Very rarely, 
and I know people might get frustrated with me f- over this, but very rarely do I catch a ball game with someone other than my family. Um, it's not because I can't. It's because if I can go to a ball game and my kids are there, I want to take one of them with me. Now, of course, my kids are adults now. They can take me to the ball game. Uh, <laughs> that's what my son, Josh, did take me on for my birthday uh, to opening day for the Dodger game. Remember when the Dodgers played here at Coors Field? That's a Dodgers game. So he took me to the Dodgers opening day here at Coors Field. And uh, uh, so they're old enough to take me now. But, you know, if I'm going to do something, I check with my family first. And, and then if I can't go with my family, then I may go with someone else. And it's not unusual. I have gone to a game. I remember going to a basketball, but not many. I know a brother took me to a basketball game, a brother, a couple brothers taking me to, to um, baseball games. I remember somebody taking me to a CU game. So it's not like I haven't. But um, if I can, I want to go with my family. Uh, and, you know, I just really invest in them. And then I look back and I think, yeah, perhaps I've missed out on different relationships, perhaps. Um, but as I wrote in the email, when our son passed away eight years ago, it definitely caused a lot of pain and sorrow and questions. But I'm grateful there weren't regrets. Um not from this particular commitment. Like I, I invested my life in my son, um, took advantage of the time that I could with him, uh, and I believe it was worth it. So that's how, that's probably what I was describing in my mind as I was sharing that in the Bible study. Um, but I do appreciate the dialogue. Um, so at any rate, we're starting the show off. 303-690-3000. Let's go to the phone lines here. Laura is calling from Denver, Colorado. Laura, welcome to the program. Thank you, Pastor. How are you? Good. How are you? Good. Thank you. Um, thank you for taking my call. The You're reason welcome. for my call is I actually initially called for one daughter, but I'm actually going to ask prayer for two daughters okay. for two separate reasons. All right. Um, I have one daughter. Her name is Teresa, who's been recently diagnosed with COVID. and. Oh experiencing some pretty harsh symptoms, so I would oh, no. like to lift her up for healing. Okay. And then I have another daughter, Jessica, who is struggling with addiction, who I would also like to lift up for prayer as well, please. Okay, I didn't write the names down. Can you tell me, what was the first daughter? Teresa. Teresa, and she has COVID? Correct. And then your other daughter? Jessica. Jessica, okay, thanks. Struggling with addiction, yes. Well, Lord, I pray, I'm always grateful, God, when I, I think, when I talk to a parent who is bringing their children to you. And as we bring Teresa to you, Lord, with these complications from COVID, we bring Jessica to you with just being in bondage to addiction. Lord, you met the needs of the parents that would bring their kids to you. And so we lift up these these precious uh, women as only a mom can do. And I pray, God, you'd bring healing and deliverance that with COVID, Lord, that it would truly run its course with no long-lasting damage. With the addictions, God, that she would be, Jessica would be completely delivered. Even as I know, testimony after testimony, six years sober, 10 years sober, 30 years sober, I pray that by faith into Jessica's life, that it would start with one day, and it would go to one week, and it would go to one month, and it would, even one day we'd have mom calls. It's been one year of clean living. So I pray, God, for these women. I pray for Laura as she loves her daughters. 
and that, God, you would grant the petitions according to your will. In Jesus' name, amen. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you very much, Pastor. I greatly appreciate it. You're welcome. Have a blessed day. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Wow, 303-690-3000. You know, I, 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 I know that there's a lot of stuff surrounding COVID, right, friends? Um, and it's become really politicized, but there are people that suffer. COVID has made life harder for them and more challenging for them, even to the point of, of having a mom very afraid uh, for her daughters uh, because of the or for her daughter because of the um, because of the symptoms and what's happening in her body. Um, and so, you know, it's real that the Lord would just give us compassion, um, that we would um, have compassion for those that are suffering and those that are wrestling and for those that are are, you know, whatever the reason, whatever the issue is, um, let it be uh, for the sake of God's glory. And we can just, I was sharing with the church this weekend, you know, we can just set aside our personal opinions and let them be developed by the Word. You know, if we're going to be, if we're going to claim to be people of the Word, then our opinions should be shaped by the Word and not the world, whatever the opinions might be, um, even to the point of not being shaped um, by a pastor either, or somebody's uh, opinion that, well, you know, it's a biblical opinion. Well, maybe it is and maybe it isn't, but what is the Scripture behind it? Um, what is the Scripture? And what is it that God's wanting to accomplish? Um, how, how does He want to use us how does he want to how, how does he want to use our lives in a way that would honor him and glorify him 3036903000 let's go to back to the phone lines Dalton in Fort Collins welcome to the program hey pastor how are you doing today good how are you not bad um I just had a quick question. It's more of just kind of a curiosity question. Yes. Uh, but uh, during work, I think a couple days ago or something like that, I was listening to uh, some sermon uh, by Nick Cady. Okay. And uh, I think it takes place, He was he's in First Peter, whatever sermon I was listening to. Uh-huh. Um, and there was that one, oh, um, how Moses struck the rock for water. Yes. Um, and it just kind of got my gears turning because he was also speaking a lot of like how he told about the Jewish uh, story of how um, they rolled away or threw away the cornerstone and all that kind of stuff. Okay. Um, and then also referred to Jesus as the living rock of sorts. But I guess the point of it all and what I was curious about is that when Moses struck the rock for living water, or I'm sorry, just water, um, is that kind of like a foreshadow of pointing to Jesus and what he did for us on the cross? Because when he, when Jesus was crucified, if I remember correctly, there was a point when uh, the Roman guard stabbed. Well, when we have 
when we have this episode in Numbers chapter 20, you know, the, the people were thirsty at Meribah and there was no water there. And so God instructed, it was, it was very, very clear what the instruction was. Um, take the rod um, and speak to the rock before their eyes and it will yield its water. And thus you shall bring water for them uh, out of the rock and give drink to the congregation. So Moses took the rod from before the Lord. They gathered the assembly. But then it says in verse 11 that Moses struck the rock twice and water came out abundantly and the congregation and their animals drank. But then the Bible says uh, that Moses was being rebuked. The Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron because you did not believe me to hallow me in the name in the eyes of the children of Israel. Therefore, you're not you will not be able to bring this assembly into the land which I have given them and the waters of Meribah. Uh, there was water there in Meribah. And so the there is another uh, there is another scripture in 1 Corinthians chapter 10 in uh, oh, where did it go here? Uh, where I'm going to say 1 Corinthians 10, verse uh, 4. It says, For they drank of the spiritual rock that followed them. This is 1 Corinthians 10, 4. And that rock was Christ. So he talks about all of them eating the same spiritual food, drinking the same spiritual drink, and they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was Christ. And so many people will put these two situations together and say, uh, in that rock, um, that that rock was never to be struck by Moses at all. Uh, he was given instruction to speak to it, uh, but instead he decided to hit it because he was angry with the people, and he misrepresented God to the people, and he didn't hallow God before the people, and thus he suffers. But many people will put together that the rock that provided water, because what did God want to do with his people? He wanted them to have water. He, wanted, he wasn't frustrated with them like Moses was frustrated. And so Moses being frustrated made it look like God was frustrated with him. And he wasn't. He wanted to quench their thirst and actually gave provision to Moses and Aaron to go and just talk to the rock. And a miraculous thing would happen and everyone would get the water that they're asking for. But instead he struck it. And not only did he strike it, he, strike, he struck it twice, which is that rock and as a representative of Jesus would only be struck once. And so if you do take that rock as a picture of Christ that will provide living water to those that take in, um, he was never to be struck uh, in the first place, but we know that he was struck once, and then Moses misrepresented it even worse by striking him twice. And so if you put Numbers 20 together with 1 Corinthians 10, you could say that, yes, indeed, that rock could be a foreshadowing of and a type of Christ because Paul um, refers back to it in First Corinthians chapter ten. Okay, cool. Well, for a curiosity question, um, I just felt like I was connecting dots there. So, um, but sweet, I appreciate your uh, explanation. You're welcome. I think it's a, a, you know, it it's you probably see it as curiosity, but I, let me tell you what it what what I see it as. I see it as when you're reading the Bible, you're making really good observations, or in this case, listening to a Bible study from another pastor. And as you're listening to it, you're developing, you know, whether it's listening or observing, the key to Bible interpretation is the asking the right questions. 
Because if you ask the right questions, you'll get to the right answer, right? Because any verse, any interpretation of the verse, there's only one interpretation. There's not two, there's not ten, there's not your interpretation, not mine. Like if you have an interpretation and I have a different interpretation, then there's there's a couple things that are possible. Number one, you're wrong and I'm right. Number two, I'm wrong and you're right. I think, am I saying that? You're right, I'm wrong. I'm right, you're wrong. Or the third option is we're both wrong. Um, right. But we can't both have different interpretations because there's only one. And the best way to get to interpretation is making good observations, asking good questions, and then answering them from the context of the immediate context and the broader context of the scriptures. So I would just say that the Lord is training up your ears very well. Well, I appreciate that, but a lot of the reason why I love listening to this show is that you guys do exactly that, and um, it just, it's such a blessing to hear you guys talk about everything, and so in that, I thank you guys for what you're doing, Um, but... Yeah, you're welcome. Let me give you one more encouragement, because I was just thinking about this recently. I remember sitting in Bible studies as a new believer, and and, and I, I was saved in Calvary chapels, and basically, with the exception of guys like Chuck Swindoll or David Hawking when he was on the radio and a couple other guys, I listened to Calvary chapel pastors. And I remember just listening, and they would say, uh, you know, um, they would quote scriptures without um, opening their Bible. Uh, they would... Uh, say things like, um, you know, the uh, this is really a bad chapter break. Uh, and I remember thinking, how did they know that? Like, how do you just know that? I don't, that's just, how do you, how could you possibly know that? And, you know, over the years of studying and learning, I understand how they knew it, but it, but it took time, you know, because in the beginning, um, like they were just, they, they, they were so familiar with the Bible. And I was so unfamiliar with the Bible. But then as I began to grow and study and learn, I became more familiar. And then, you know, questions too like this, doing the show like this also helps me grow uh, because I have to look things up. I have to think things through. I have to talk things, think, talk about things. And so it's mutual. And I just, the only reason I share that is the, the more you study, uh, the, the more that you will continue to grow. And um, that's a very exciting thing. It is, and I feel like we can't ever grow enough, you know? Like, there's not, not really a cap. Never. We're, this is, the Bible is easy enough to understand for the, for the novice, and it's hard enough to understand for lifelong study. Yeah, it is beautiful. It's good stuff. Well, thank you, Pastor Ed. I appreciate it. Okay, brother. God bless you. You too. Bye-bye. And I, I really do think, I think I had that errant thought the other day, just for, for right now, I really want to encourage you guys that are listening in, all our friends on Hope FM, all of our friends on Truth FM, all of our friends on Grace FM, and I want to especially shout out to you guys down in the Springs, Colorado Springs, listening on 101.7. We did some adjustments to our signal, and I hear it's coming in stronger. Now, we couldn't up our power at all because the, the station's at the limit of its power, but our engineer did some things uh, within the parameters of what we could do legally uh, to boost our signal, like uh, not boost it, but to make it clearer. And from the tests, I've heard it's clearer in a lot more places down there. So um, keep praying. We want to buy a new station that's more powerful. Uh, but until then, I'm so grateful for all these guys and gals that are smart in that area. And so we did some tweaks 
Um, we basically took the station from stereo to mono, and that gave us more ability to shoot the, the signal uh, farther or something. I, I actually don't know how it all works, but you guys on 1017 have a stronger, should be hearing the station in a stronger way. Uh, but uh, for, for you guys that are listening, like I just want to encourage you. I think it's a word from the Lord uh, that you will continue to grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ the more you're in the word and prayer. And you listening to Christian radio to Bible studies all day is not being wasted. God is using it in your life. He is growing you. He is helping you to understand how and what and who and how of the Bible. And so just don't give up. Don't give up. It's it's enough to understand in its simplicity, but it's also enough to study the rest of your life. And you are to do exactly what Dalton has done. Te- test all things and hold fast to what is good. All right, we're going to go down to Corey in uh, Parker, Colorado. Corey, welcome to the program. Hi, Pastor Ed. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. Hey, I just have a question about... Um, and I'm trying not to be political with it, but the vaccination, Good. the COVID vaccination, yes. and the new technology of mRNA vaccine. And as a believer, believing that we're living you know, closer to the end times, and it's startling to see this new technology and how it interacts with the DNA. And I'm not a scientist, but sure. it is a more invasive type of uh, technology that's never been deployed before. Right. And then reading my Bible and seeing, you know, you read verses like Revelation 13 about the mark of the beast. And yep. then there's a the conversation about force, you know, vaccinations and all that stuff yep. uh, possibly down the road. Yeah. I just wanted to get your thoughts on, you know, correlation between you know, what's going on in, in that realm of vaccination and, and and if there's any correlation to that in Revelation 13 or even in Revelation 9, there's a talk about pharmacia. I know the word for, um, I think they use the word sorcery in the King James Version or witchcraft, but sure. I've heard studies where that word's used is pharmacia, yeah. and they tie it to, to pharmaceuticals. And so I know it's kind of a broad question, but just love to get the biblical thought on what of this vaccination could play a role in the end times or not. Well, I mean, certainly the the fact that we're living in the end times, we're seeing technology available, we're seeing uh, the the leading uh, steps toward a one-world government. You know, people used to make fun of this stuff, but now it's upon us. I think the most startling part of it is that we're seeing it with our own eyes. Uh, but when it comes to the, the current vaccinations, uh, like you, I'm not a doctor, I'm not a scientist, but the decision to take the vaccine today is a spiritual decision. It's not a, me- it's not a excuse me, it's a medical decision, not a spiritual decision. Uh, it's not the mark of the beast. I'm 100% confident of that because the mark of the beast is a spiritual decision. It's an alliance and allegiance to an entity in the denial of God. So nobody's going to be tricked in taking the mark of the beast. Nobody's going to... Like all of a sudden, oh, I didn't know I was taking the mark of the beast. They will willingly be responsible for that decision. That's pretty clear. Um, in how it uses DNA and stuff, you know, I think of it, there's a little, there's a, there's a couple people right now, there's more, but I can think of two right now, a, minute, a, a little child and a grown man taking chemotherapy drugs that definitely do things to their body. I don't know, you know, I, I don't know if it's one-to-one with the vaccine or anything. I, I don't know anything about that, but they're taking poison into their life, into their bodies 
for the sake of killing cancer sales. And that's a medical decision that they had to make. Some people choose to do that. Some people choose not to do that. And so when it comes to the vaccine, um, my encouragement to people is very simple. If you don't want to take it, don't take it. And if you don't mind taking it as you've taken other vaccines, take it with no problem. Um, but I think that to make it more than it is, you know, I want I have a follow up to this because I was talking to someone about this. So can you hold on to after the break? Yes, sir. And then I'll Thank let you. you follow up after that. So let me let me bring it over to the other end of the break. We'll be right back. This is Calvary Live. My name is Ed Taylor. Uh, we got a question about the vaccine and um, and being able to give you insight on how you might make a decision before the Lord. We'll be right back. This is Calvary Live. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. I'm always surprised by how fast the first half of the program goes, how fast the program goes in and of itself. We made a decision many years ago on Calvary Live to have one quick break, uh, and that, that way we can talk straight through things, uh, not to have multiple breaks, but we can have conversations. But sometimes the clock catches up with us like we saw on the first half. And we I want to get real back before I have any more introductory remarks to Corey. He's calling here in Parker, Colorado. He talked, if you're just joining us uh, for the second half of Calvary Live, Corey had a question about uh, the current vaccination. How does it relate to end times prophecy? Uh, is it the mark of the beast? Uh, and we were answering that. So let's go back to that, Corey. Um, I don't believe uh, that the vaccine, the current vaccine in and of itself uh, in the current political climate is the mark of the beast. Um, the, the mark of the beast is going to come from the Antichrist, right? So the Antichrist has not been revealed yet. Now, some people argue with that if you're watching certain YouTube videos, but I disagree. Uh, it will be required. So the, the vaccine and the idea of of it, you having to have it to do things in society does play a, it does prefigure uh, what the mark of the beast will be. You won't be able to buy or sell without the mark of the beast, Revelation 13, right? Um, but the mark is associated with not only coming from the Antichrist that's been revealed, but also it is a decision of allegiance to the Antichrist. It is a, it's, you could say receiving the mark is an act of worship. Uh, and I don't believe the current vaccine falls into any of those categories, neither do I believe that the Antichrist has been revealed. However, with that in mind, I do have to say that there are some, some pre, uh, not predictions, but like the, they're previews of what the mark is going to be like, the idea that it's forced upon you, the idea that there's mass hysteria, uh, manipulation of the culture, um, the the reality of you you know you 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 might lose your job you can't go to college that you won't be able to participate in some forms of society definitely plays a part in a role with the vaccine uh, but today I think that this particular vaccine um, and and all the truths around it is a personal medical decision that a, that a person needs to make um, with their doctor and the thing I wanted to add was this. And then I'll let you follow up, Corey. I was talking to somebody about this in our church, and they have grandkids in another country, and we're asking the same question that you are. And I was talking to them with the, generally the same answer that I'm giving you. And here's my, it, it, here's my answer to her, uh, really, that it came down to. 
Do you want to see your grandkids? Yes. Then get the vaccine. Well, but I don't. And this was this was a response, and it was a real response. But I don't like it. I just don't like it, Ed. I don't like feeling forced to do it. I don't like the government telling me to do something. And you know what my answer to her was? Well, then don't don't see your grandkids. Like that. And then the answer was, but that's not fair. That's unjust. And I said, that's true. We live in an unfair, unjust world. We are, we've been teaching this forever, church. We've been teaching that we're pilgrims, that we're just passing through, that this isn't our home. There's no continuing city for us. We're like Abraham looking for the city whose builder and maker is God. And this is what it looks like. But we're just starting to t- get a taste of what our brothers and sisters in Iran, in Saudi Arabia, in uh, China have been going through, and the persecution all throughout the world, the difficulties all throughout the world, we're, it's just now catching up to us. And that's how I answer these days when it comes to the vaccine, because it's a personal decision that a person has to make unto the Lord. What are your thoughts on that? Corey, are you still with us? Oh, we might have lost Corey. But I, I mean, it's a great question. Um, I'm glad that you asked it. Um, sorry that we might have dropped lines, but it is a great question. And and listen, I, I don't I don't want you guys getting all caught up in the hoopla. Here, here's the thing with you know YouTube videos, and there's always a doctor to support your view. There's always a doctor to support your view. And I'm not a doctor, and I don't know which doctors to listen to. And you know, there's the sense of, well, if you don't get the vaccine, then you're not being loving toward your neighbor. I don't agree with that. I don't agree fully with that. I think you can be your, you can love your neighbor and hold a conviction, but just hold it biblically. Don't hold it because some YouTube guy told you or your favorite new pastor told you. Hold it because you have a conviction between you and God. So why aren't you? Well, because, you know, they stormed the Capitol and told us not to take the vaccines. That's not a good reason. But if you have a, 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 you know, and be consistent, right? Because if you're not going to take the vaccine for whatever reason, then if you ever get diagnosed with a serious uh, medical condition, don't take the medicine then either. Like, we have to be consistent. And, you know, there's even debate about RNA and DNA. And, you know, I've got some trusted friends uh, that say that the mRNA vaccines do not reprogram your DNA. And the effect that they have on their on your RNA is not permanent. Um, so again, it's a personal decision. And um, I think you can make it and be, and be loving. And I think you can say yes and be loving. I think you can say no and be loving. But I know it feels unfair. And, and really that conversation with the sister in our church helped me to also add to my, to my thinking is, and I shared it with the church, I think, this weekend, actually, um, that when you start, when you don't feel the injustice of this world in conflict with your relationship with Jesus, when you stop feeling that, and you stop experiencing it, you, that's a danger sign. That's a red flag, because then you feel very comfortable in this world, because this world is nothing but unjust in so many ways. If it's not unjust to you, it's unjust to someone else. Sin has corrupted the human, human, even, you know, you can even do something good with ulterior motives. Is that not unjust? Right? You could do something good 
that would harm someone else. Isn't that unjust? Entire groups of people are prejudiced against. Is that not unjust? We judge people by where they were born under what artificial country border uh, that's been created, which change all the time. Is that not unjust? We get ripped off. Jesus told us, beware of injustice. He said, lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moth and rust don't destroy and thieves don't break in and steal. Now, just rust, something rusting out, isn't that not fair? Something breaking down because of the law of entropy, is that not fair? Something that, you know, dealing with the reality of, of um, someone breaking in and stealing, is that not unfair? So, great question. I'm glad you asked it. It's a good question to answer. And, and you know, ultimately, you can only answer it for yourself. 303-690-3000. Out to Pennsylvania. Mike, welcome to the program. Hi, Pastor Ed. Thank you for taking my call. You're welcome. Hey, um, so I am um, I'm on the road driving. Okay. I do mobile radiography. I'm almost on my destination. Okay. I had a, I had a prayer request. And um, we're going to have to sidebar that because of uh, the situation. But I do have a question okay. to ask about, about, and I appreciate your vaccination uh, explanation, too. Okay, um, great. But regarding Lazarus and when Jesus brought him back uh, to life. Yes. I'm, like, when you were explaining about the water with Jesus and Moses not striking the rock once uh-huh. but twice, and all the particular details that, just in that example, that the Bible offers and everything, why when Jesus brought Lazarus back, is there very little details of conversation? I mean, he he brought him back to life. You would think that, you know, hey, what was death like? You know, wouldn't there be a thousand questions there? Yeah. And I don't understand why it's like uh, he brought him back from life, and it, the topic's kind of silent except for that he brought him back to life. Right. Yeah, you know, I think the, uh, the Bible, you know, that's one of those questions where the Bible doesn't say, but I think we can come to a couple of different conclusions because there's another, um, there, there's a couple of other occurrences in the Bible. One was with Paul the Apostle. Remember, he, he says he doesn't even know if he was dead or out, you know, out of his body, but he experienced the glory of God, and he was up in the into the third heaven. He was in the presence of God, and he doesn't tell. He says he saw things that can't be uttered, uh, and so Lazarus he doesn't utter anything. Paul says he sees things that can't be uttered. Jesus he comes back. He comes back uh, from the dead. His you know the first fruits of the true. Uh, and lasting resurrection, and he doesn't spend a lot of time describing what he saw. Um, and I think that there's good reason for that. I think that um, it's it's sort of what you see in our day and age. You know, somebody says they went to heaven and they come back and write a book and try to make money off of it, and try to instead of making the big deal Jesus, they make the big deal about their trip to heaven. And I think God was just setting a pattern for us that the big deal that there's a bigger deal. You know, as big as this is. Okay, so. Uh, with Lazarus and Paul, for example, as big of a deal as that was, the, resur- the, the literal resurrection of two men that had died and come back. And then, of course, you have kids. Jairus' daughter was raised from the dead. And you, ha- you have a lot of different examples right. in the scriptures. He says, as big a deal as that is, there's a bigger deal that I want you completely continually focused on, and that is 
your love and devotion and worship of Jesus Christ. And I don't want glimpses of heaven, and I don't want what you saw and experienced to, to surpass the simple, basic denial of self and following of Jesus. That is my general thought behind that. So you're, let me see if uh, I'm understanding what you're suggesting. Is like, okay. uh, So you're saying that Lazarus, even, even though he felt it in his heart, well, he was probably satisfied if he went to heaven and came back, or the third heaven, and he just kept quiet because he was... Uh, he, you kind of lose me. Okay, so no. He, I, that, okay, let me t- let me pick up with that quiet. thought. I yeah, think I know uh, where you're going. We don't know if Lazarus was quiet the rest of his life. We don't know. The Bible doesn't say. Right. What we do know is what's recorded for us in the Bible, right? Because we have everything that we need pertaining to life and godliness through the knowledge of Him, of Jesus Christ. He's the final word. So the emphasis in the Bible is not what somebody sees after they die and come back. The emphasis in the Bible is all about Jesus Christ, his life, his death, his resurrection, and his call to you and me to die to ourselves and follow him. That's more important than what Lazarus saw. How do we know that? Because it's not recorded. And it's more important than what Paul saw, because he describes going to heaven too. And he says what he saw couldn't be uttered. It wasn't to be repeated. Um, And I think that the reason why the Bible doesn't record it, and and I doubt that Lazarus, um, I doubt that Lazarus shared a lot about it. I think he was more excited about keeping people from hell than he was his simple experience. Um, He wanted to point people to, I I believe he would want to point people to Jesus more than than his experience. Uh, where in the Bible is the Paul? Um, uh, you're story. talking First Corinthians, I want to say 12 or 13. Let me look it up real quick here. Um, he talks about, I know a man. He starts out, um, I know a man who is in the Spirit or out of the Spirit. Let me see here. First Corinthians, sorry, Second Corinthians 12, not first. Um, he says, it's doubtless more not profitable for me to boast. This is Second Corinthians 12. I will come to visions and revelations of the Lord. I know a man in Christ who 14 years ago, whether in the body I do not know, or whether out of the body I do not know, God knows, such a one was caught up into the third heaven, and he was caught up into paradise and heard inexpressible words, which is not lawful for a man to utter. It's 2 Corinthians 12. I'll check that out. Yeah, it's really... So I think that... Part of the answer, too, with Lazarus is he saw things in paradise that's unlawful to utter, and I don't think he right. uttered them. Okay. All right. I appreciate the uh, answer. Great and, question. Uh, and uh, hey. as you head off to finish your work today, bless you. Thank you, sir. See you, you later. Bye-bye. Bye. 303-690-3000. What a great question. Good stuff. Let's go back to Denver, Colorado. Maxine is on the line. Welcome to the program. Hi, Pastor Ed. Hi. Thank you for taking my call. You're welcome. Um, Pastor Ed, I would like prayer for my right eye. Okay. Um, I'm supposed to go tomorrow for some more testing, and 
I was told that if I don't have surgery, that I can lose my eye, and okay. I don't want to lose my eye. <laughs> okay, let's do that. Father, I pray for my sister Maxine that you would bring healing into her right eye, giving this doctor the wisdom and the ability to see what can't be seen and to discern what is not readily known of what's happening with the eye and and give Maxine wisdom on whether to have surgery. Um, You know her heart's desire is not to lose her sight. So not only give her the wisdom, but also the courage and the faith to make that decision. But God, it would be awesome if you healed her and revealed to her as she looks to you that you are faithful and that you can supersede even the normal to work in the supernatural. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I've been taking my eyes to the throne of grace, so Mm. I thank you, Pastor, so much for your prayer. You're welcome. And let us know, Maxine, what the the outcome is, okay? Outcome? Okay, I sure will. Thank you so much. All right, bye-bye. All right, bye-bye. 303-690-3000. Back to Denver. Brent is on the line. Welcome to the program. Hi, Pastor Ed. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. Um, What I wanted to ask you about is what do you say when you have a county authority, you have state authority, and federal? What happens when the advice you get, uh, say, uh, well, on anything, uh, what do you say when they conflict? When the county says you you should or should not wear a mask, should or should not get a shot, or one, you know, you have two different uh, political parties that have just completely two different opposite sides. In other words, they politicize it. Sure. Um, We have to follow seatbelt laws. Uh, And that's not national. That's in the county, in the city, and on the highways. We have to, we, we have other laws that we may not agree with, but in the end, you've always taught that, we are subject to the authorities above us. That's right. And I personally, if I'm told to do something by the government, I would think that unless it's telling me to sin, to commit adultery, or to go get drunk, or sure. to get high, that I would disagree. I would not do that. Right. But when it comes to health issues, you have a health department, these are health professionals. What do you do when you have, like, one state, their governor says one thing, and in another state here, they say comp- something completely different. In the end, what is your opinion on, you know, we're set under authority? Yes. Uh, Jesus told uh, Pilate that he would not have authority unless it was given from, from above. Yes. And so it pleases God for us to be obedient to authority, because, for example, what I saw happen on January 6th was complete lawlessness, and yeah. that was more like a, what the zealots of the Jewish zealots would have done. Uh, I guess portrayed by Barabbas and Jesus of Nazareth, uh, Stacey Keach, you know, he wanted to bring the kingdom in by force, but, but that, that was not what we were supposed to do. But but aren't we in the end supposed to obey that authority unless it causes us to sin? Well, and I, certainly getting that vaccine would not be a sin. Yeah, I think, I think Brent, and I would agree, getting the vaccine not be a, uh, would not be a sin, um, uh, except the Bible even says if it's a sin to you, then it becomes a sin to you and you should avoid it. So people have personal convictions. However, I think you tapped into something that uh, I don't hear you express it so much, but I've heard it and I certainly feel it. And I bet you do too. It's frustration. It's a very frustrating time that we're in right now with all these conflicting views. um, Like you said, from health departments to counties, to cities, to mayors, to opinions, to the federal level, it is a very frustrating time, and, and ultimately, 
I think we, although it's very frustrating and very convoluted, I don't think we let the frustration or the convoluted part deter us from doing what we've always done. And what we, what we must do is stay in a relationship with Jesus, abiding in Christ, and mm-hmm. make those decisions, because that's ultimately what we're going to be required to do, make those decisions that will retain our peaceful relationship with God, right? If we keep him at the center, and, and you can say, well, God, I take all this, I'm so confused, I don't know what to do, I wish I lived in Texas, it was easier, or how about here? You know, how about here? Um, you know, it, just six miles, maybe, maybe even less, maybe five miles from here, there's an artificial border right from this church, just about five miles. There's an artificial border that you can't see. It's not painted on the ground. It's the difference between Arapahoe County and Douglas County. I mean, we don't need to go to Texas, do we? We can just talk about Douglas County. Um, and it's probably like 10 miles from you in Denver, uh, 10, 12 miles. And if we were just five miles from here, they, the, wh- what they say in Douglas County is, we're not submitting to anything. Do whatever you want. You know, if if you went to the doctor and he told you you have a ninety five percent clogged artery and they want to put a stent in, you wouldn't question that. If a doctor, or your wife did a mammogram and all of a sudden, now, a we'll, we'll pause on her for breath. a second. No, pause for a second. Uh-huh. Some people do question that. You know, some people do question because if going under anesthesia, they have a possibility of not waking up for anesthesia. Then now they're now they're conflicted. That's what that's kind of what you're describing in the natural realm. There's a conflict where you have two or three or four decisions, and it appears that you it appears that no there's going to be no good decision. Here's what that sounds like in the world of philosophy. You ready? Um, Yeah. In the world of philosophy, you'll hear people say things like, "Well, you know, you you have to take the lesser of two evils." Now, that sounds very noble when you ap- approach a decision that's saying, well, you know, I think I'll take the lesser of two evils, but that's actually not a biblical approach. That's a philosophical approach. The biblical approach is what will please God. Amen. And Amen. That, that, you know, and it's, again, it's open to everybody's personal interpretation. And, you know, I like, so let's take that question. Let's take it to, to, Let's take that question, what will please God to a doctor's diagnosis of a stent uh, to be put in? Um, so you've got a lot of things to consider, right? Is this the right doctor? Uh, do I have insurance to pay for it? Can I, uh, can I handle the anesthesia? Um, will my family, what's going to please God? Is pleasing God staying alive? Is pleasing God, um, who knows? Like, I don't know because I'm not in that partic- person's particular um, situation. But if we don't start there, then we most likely will come to the wrong conclusion. And that's the way that we need to approach these conflicts. Because if they really, if there's all these different laws are in conflict, then we're going to make a decision that's going to put us at odds with a couple of the laws, right? Well, didn't you say that, that you said there was one way that you could kind of opt out of in- something the government? <clears throat> that the government tells you to do well if the government commands us to sin then i'm not opting out i'm just not obeying the com- i'm i'm not obeying government they can't tell me to sin against my god i mean i could but, comply i could actually follow the government if i wanted if it was some benefit to me 
Um, I think of the young men in the book of uh, or in the book of Daniel. They were commanded to sin against God. What was their answer? No, we will not bow down to that image. And and here's the thing that Christians we, we just have to be willing. We have to be willing to pay the price for our obedience to God. That's the bottom line. But don't we know what is what is? I know I know what is sin and what is not. But if I say you know, if I have the choice, in other words, how much leeway do we have to choose what laws we obey and disobey? You know, uh, I know what sin is, and t- frankly, I think paying taxes is a sin. No, I'm just kidding. Um, you know, uh, so I, I just kind of, I feel like we should always default to doing what we're told to do by the government, because they are the government. And then if it truly is a sin, then no, you don't. And the good thing about the vaccine is you don't have to get it. You you know, you don't have to. So the government really isn't making you. Now, if they came out and said everybody has to get the vaccine, that would be wrong. But they're giving everybody a choice. They're not making people get it. But I made my decision. I got the vaccine. I got two of them. And I didn't feel a thing. I mean, I... As far as a downside, there is none for me. Good. There is no downside whatsoever. And the upside is I'm no longer scared like I was. I called you six months ago. I yeah. was scared to death. Yes. And that was wrong. I should not have been in that fear. Now, it's easy in hindsight. It's, it's easy now to say, yeah, I'm a strong man of God, and I'm not afraid. But I've also had the vaccine before. I wish I could be that strong before the vaccine. But I'll tell you my experience. It's 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 like going. It's, I actually, I find it more horrifying to go to the dentist than I do to get the vaccine. Well, and that's where your testimony has a lot to ha, will have a lot to encourage people of of your experience. You know, and I think yeah, uh, by combining this call with the previous call with the vaccine, you know, that's a there's a larger, broader discussion to have where everyone's viewpoint uh, can be received and processed. But we, I, I I've been trying to teach. Um, our staff here, and not that I need to teach them, but just remind us how to nuance things so and, and ensure that with our leaders, we need to nuance things and have a mutual respect for one another uh, so that the body of Christ isn't more divided than it already is, that we have a unified front to the world, uh, allowing the Lord to really use us to bring the light of the gospel into people's life. Thank you, my brother. God bless Amen. you. Amen. Bye-bye. Thank you. So good. I love the conversations today. Um, and, you know, this is, this is um, the state of our world right now. This is where we are, and we're almost out of time. That's what you're looking at me for. We're very close to the end of the program. I'm sorry, guys. Uh, please call back tomorrow. Um, the calls that we have holding, Zach, um, I want, want to hear your healing. Uh, Chris, I want to hear about you tomorrow. Um, please call back, Lord willing. Call in the beginning of the program so we can get you first. Um, And then tonight, we're going to be here at Calvary Church here in Aurora, Colorado. You guys listening on Hope FM and Truth FM, you can always tune in live. All of our services are streamed live at calvaryco.church, calvaryco.church. We're studying through the book of 1 Peter. We worship together. uh, We pray together. uh, We seek God together, and uh, we take communion. Um, We're open early. We have Resurrection Coffee open, so come on early. Uh, Way better than uh, some of the places you might stop on the way in. Um, um, Although if you went to Sonder, um, they're believers that own that. 
Um, we use their coffee, and so our coffee tastes like their coffee. So Saunders legit. <laughs> uh, but uh, we have a full third wave coffee bar here uh, with new drinks they're developing all the time. Um, and we'd invite you to come early for fellowship. We're looking forward one day to starting to serve meals again. Um, we're just not we're just not at that place yet with our servant uh, people coming back to serve and develop. So we'll get there though. Um, and we used to have minute we used to have meals on Wednesdays, uh, but we'll get back to that. Uh, but until then, it's just focused. We've got to get here midweek. It's good for you. It'll develop you. It'll strengthen you. Um, it's just beautiful. It's beautiful. The Lord is so good and so faithful to us on our midweek Bible study. It's one of my highlights of the week. Even though Wednesdays are long days for all of us, uh, they're fruitful and beautiful and encouraging. So just thanks for your encouragement. Thanks for your love and prayers. Um, I'll probably share a little bit tomorrow on the show. Shared a really important message this last weekend on facing your fears. You've got to hear that. Go to our our app or our website. Download our free app. Turn on notifications so that we can communicate with you. And listen to this Bible study. It will challenge you, encourage you, exhort you, facing your fears. It's in the recent messages. So good. It so encouraged me. I'm going to follow up with another message this weekend, building on it. It's going to be awesome. Can't wait to see you guys tonight, 7 o'clock Mountain Time. God bless you. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's word.